So 2 Timothy 3. You know, I was looking in the mirror today, this morning, and I was thinking, I wonder why one side of your face grows more hair than the other. <laughs> you guys had your pen and paper out right then, didn't you? You thought I was getting ready to say something? Huh? Yeah. Right? You know, and then, and, then, and then the washer and dryer went off and it plays this little music like you're going to be happy that it's going off because the music is playing now. Did you guys' washers and dryer do that, man? It, play, it plays a little warning music to tell you it's done because now you're going to have to go do more laundry. You know what I decided when I, when I spent more time here? I decided I really enjoy my wife the way she does laundry. She's really good at it. Amen. Right, you, you think before service you'd be thinking of all kinds of spiritual things, right? Well, you do. <laughs> you do. I also thought why they put these buttonholes on sideways. They put them on at an angle. And I just now had my whole body trained to button them the other way. Anybody else have them weird buttonholes? Those are weird. Huh? Yeah, we think of weird things sometimes. You know, like who, who said ain't is, is improper? Who said ain't ain't right to say? Who made that rule? Well, we better get to the message. I'll go into a whole dissertation. Do you realize I have lots of opinions and ideas? Oh, man, we all need training. Huh? We all need training. Glory to God. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. Let's pray before we start. We don't want to get, we'll get ahead of God that way. Father, we do thank you. Thank you for having us all together in fellowship today. Lord, thank you for the love of the body of Christ, Lord. Thank you for being here at this moment, that you've put each and every one of us here at this moment to hear from you, to fill ourselves up, and to go further in your word and in your ways than we've ever been before, Lord. We receive by faith your word this morning, and we ask that you help us to hear it in a proper way, that we hear it the way that you would have it, the way that you meant it for our lives, Lord, and that as we receive it, we purpose in our hearts to do those things that are in your word and to become those people that you've always made us to be, Lord. And we, we, we thank you for every good thing that will come to, come to be and, and happen through this service today, and we give you glory in advance for every good thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, 2 Timothy 3 says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it's profitable so you can tell other people what you know. Huh? Well, there's a lot of Christians doing that, though, don't they? They memorize verses so that they can tell other people how much they know and what they should be doing. Do you realize that it's, it's helpful for, and profitable for your doctrine for your reproof, for your correction, the first person the Word should correct in your life is you. Amen. Right? Amen. Right? You know, people don't like that. They want to get that Word so they can correct others. You know, they read the Word for others. Right? They're not even reading it for themselves. If the Lord tried to show them something while they were reading, they wouldn't even hear it because they're only looking for something to correct you with later. Huh? If I could just get enough word that I could tell them what to do and how the cow ate the cabbage, boy, I, I'd have it right. To, no, the Word of God's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction in our lives. Yes. Amen? Yes. 
Look at it in the NIV. All Scripture is God-breathed and useful. In other words, there's not anything in that book. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't like... You know, I, re- I used to want to take Ecclesiastes completely. Do you ever look at... You start reading Ecclesiastes, you're like, what? What does he mean? Where is he coming from? Can we just take that book out of the Bible? Guess what? It's got good stuff in it. God put it in there for a reason. Amen? And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. You know, a lot of people look at these words bad. None of these words are bad. I looked them all up in the Hebrew and in the Greek. They don't even mean a bad thing. Even rebuking doesn't mean anything bad. Right? Because it's there. If you're rebuked out of love, how bad could it be? Amen? Well, if God rebukes you, you got rebuked by love. Amen? You should just be saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you loved me enough to rebuke me today. That's right. That's right. Right. What's he doing? He's setting you back on the path you should have been on because you're over on this one. Yeah. Right. Amen. That's what love does. Thank you, Lord. And, and correcting, you know, a lot of people think correcting is telling somebody what they're doing wrong. No, it's showing someone how to do it right. The worst teachers in the world put red marks on your paper but never show you how to do it right. Right. The best teachers, they put the red mark on there, but then they say, this is how you do it. Amen? Why? Because they care about you going further than you've ever been. Amen? And training. How many know we got to be trained in righteousness? Amen? What's verse 17 say? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many know that we are on a mission everywhere we go? Amen. Right? Where you're at today is not where you'll be this afternoon, but you'll still be the same person. That's right. Right? And you'll still be a minister of God. Everywhere we go, we are a minister of God. You know, too many times we leave church and we leave ministry right there. How many know you can't leave ministry at church and be an effective minister? Right? Because we can minister to one another all day long and we'll just get happier because we started happy. What about the unhappy people? Huh? Who's going to minister to them? Amen? God is, God is equipping us by training us in righteousness. Amen? Training us in what? In His way of doing things. Remember we talked about this last the Friday night that I spoke here whenever that was. Huh? His way of doing things. Training you in how God would react. Training you in how He would act. How many, how many know that we can act wrong? Okay, let me rephrase it. How many know that I've acted wrong in the past? Right? Huh? I, I've been in places and in situations where I got upset, and no, I didn't yell because I'm not a yeller. No, I'm not a yeller. I'm not a fighter. I, I don't make a big show of things like that. But I got irritated. Right? And you know what you usually do if you're not a yeller and a fighter and you get irritated? You walk away and talk bad about them. Right? You know, I don't know why I went to that store. Those people never help you. They don't know anything about what they're doing. And, and I probably won't go back there anymore. That lady was more interested in how her hair looked than getting my money. She was more... You know, that, that lady probably needed some love. Instead, she got my mouth. And she didn't even get it in the front. She got it in the back. Huh? But if we don't train our flesh, that's, we think we have the right to do that. But when you're trained in righteousness, you take away your rights and you take on his rights. 
And his right is the right to love that person even though they didn't treat you well. Huh? He gives you the right to love when you couldn't. Glory to God. And he trains you to do it. He'll train you up in his ways so that when, so that when things come along, instead of being unkind, you're patient and kind. Amen? He's training you up in love. Why? Because if you're trained in godliness, you're trained in loveliness. You're love-like. What are you training to be? You're training to be like love. Right? Well, love has a different way of answering everything. Right? You want to see how love answers? You read the four Gospels, you watch Jesus. That's your answer. Amen? He never answered the way people expected him to. You know, usually he'd give them a story. You know, people would say, well, what about this, Jesus? And he'd say, let me tell you a parable. Right? And they'd say, we don't want a parable. We just want to be right. <laughs> right? They, they didn't want to be trained. Right? They, they didn't want to, People who don't want to be trained cannot be trained. Right? If, it doesn't matter how good your teacher is if you're not a good student. You know how I know? I was a horrible student. You know why I went to school? Because I liked all my friends. I never missed a day of school. Why? Because I really loved hanging out with my buddies that I was going to go and mess up with the night after school's over. Right? School was fun. I never did. I, I never tried to learn a thing in school. I did just enough to get C's. Right? Every now and then a D would slip in there and I have to study. <laughs> well, it's better than me telling on you. Tell on yourself, it's okay. You start telling on other people, they get, at, they get mad at you. They get aggravated. Amen? How, how many know I have to be trained to be godly? Amen. You have to be trained to be godly. Jesus said when, when a person is, person is perfectly trained, they'll be like their master. Amen. Right? Amen. When, when we're perfectly trained, we'll be like Jesus. We'll start, we'll start reacting and acting the way he did in every situation. That, that's the right kind of training. Amen? Amen? Amen. What verse were we on? 2 Timothy 3.17? That we'll be full, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How, do you, how many know when you're thoroughly equipped, you walk out the door equipped? Amen? In other words, you don't walk out wondering if you'll have enough for each situation. You have enough in you for every situation that you're going to come across that day. If you do verse, the first verse. Right? You've got to get in the Word of God. You've got to find out who you are in Christ. You've got, you got to let His love grow in you. Just because He shed the love of God abroad in your heart doesn't mean you're going to use it. Right? right? You know, a lot of people think just because you've got love in you that you'll always walk in it. Mm -mm. I think we're all proof of that, right? Anybody ever not walked in love here? Well, guess what? You still have the love of God in you. Right? You had the opportunity at that time to do right. Amen? And, and you were thoroughly equipped. When God puts His Word and His ways and His love and His joy and His peace in us, we're thoroughly equipped to do everything that He wants us to do. But you must train yourself to use those things. You must exercise those things. Right? You, you want to have peace in your life? Exercise peace. Right? Amen? You want to you want to you want to be more loving? Exercise love. You, you get opportunities every day, right? At the traffic light, right? At the McDonald's, 
If you don't go to the McDonald's, what is it, the sweet tomato places? I never could believe. (laughs) There are salad buffets. That just amazes me that somebody would go to a place where all they have is salad. I'm so happy for you. It is a good thing, but, you know, I'm walking in there thinking, okay, where's the beef? You know, I'm back in the wind these days. Now I I need some beef. That's, that's really good training. I tell you what, go to the next, go to 1 Timothy 4. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember we were driving down the road. I was with the Moors, and I saw one of those. They're called sweet tomatoes, right? There's probably other ones. And I said, well, what's that? This has buffet or, it's not, you know, all you can eat or something. And they said, yeah, it's a salad place. I'm like, what? We don't have those in Branson. We don't. We don't have one all-salad place in Branson. They, they wouldn't be in business, I can tell you right now. <laughs> and it wouldn't be just because I didn't go there. Needless to say, I've not been there. <laughs> I'm sure it's really good, though. Don't get me wrong. And if you want to go get a really good salad, that's the place. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. Verse 7. Give me the NIV. I can read it better. I'm I'm still being trained in King James. (laughs) With the these and thous and durst. Does anybody know what durst means? I don't either. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales... Rather, train yourself. Who does it say is going to train you? Yourself. Right? God puts it in you, but you have to... He's expecting you to train yourself to be godlike. Amen? To be godlike. Because we're going to take some training. But He puts all the equipment in you. You are fully equipped. Amen? If you know Jesus, you are fully equipped. Whether you ever, you know, I got things on my truck. I got a really nice truck, and I got stuff on it. I mean, it's fully equipped. There's stuff I don't even know how it works. You know why? Because I ain't never used it. I have no idea how it works or what it's even for. Right? I had somebody get in my truck and say, oh, wow, you got trailer brakes. I'm like, don't haul any trailers. Don't know how that works. Guess what? doesn't matter how equipped it is if you ain't using it. Right? It can be as equipped as you want it to be. You can get stuff on cars that after you sell them, nobody else even knows it's on there. Right? There are things on a car you don't want to know that's on there, like side airbags. You don't want to know those are there. Right? Because when they hit you, they hurt. But when, when, we have, when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord of our life, He fully equips us with everything we're going to need, not only to live our lives, but it says He gives you everything in, in, what is it, in Peter. He says, it, for life and godliness. He, to everything you need that pertains to your life and the life of others. Godliness never is thinking about you. Right? right? Before, before we get any further in this message... We're pre- I'm preaching to people who know God and want to help others. Right? If, you, if at any point you say, yeah, people ought to treat me better, then you're listening wrong. Take your ears and turn them the other way because they're upside down. 
I'm preaching to people who want to help, who want to be kingdom-minded, who, who, who wake up in the morning on a mission to be God-like. Amen? Because we can be. I mean, I know when you look up here, you say, wow, Dave, you can be God-like. I'm like, yeah, I can. <laughs> I know some days it's hard to believe. Some days when I wake up, I look like Dave. And God has to do a lot of work on me before I get out the door to be God-like. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Thank God that sometimes I take the time to do it. It says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. In other words, don't, don't go by experience, what somebody else has told you, you know, things that, things that just aren't true. Find out what God's got for you yourself. Amen. There's too many people believing, and they're training themselves to be godly by godless myths. Amen. You can't train yourself to be godly with a godless myth. Right? right. Yeah, let me give you an example. There's whole whole sects of people who believe in a vow of poverty. That's a godless myth. And if you train yourself in it, you'll live in it. You'll be in poverty all your life. But it is a godless myth. And, and you shouldn't be. He says, rather train yourself to be godly. In other words, you, you know, a lot of people, here's a godless myth. I can't be patient. You have people that say, I'm just impatient. I've worked on it all my life. I'm not getting any better. You got patience in you. Huh? And you got people that say, well, I am patient. I'm patient. I wait, 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 wait. I'm patient. Did you know waiting is not patient? Huh? I don't, it, it doesn't matter how long you wait. And when after they come up to you and say, oh, we're sorry. It took so long. Yeah, yeah. No, no big deal. Just your look alone knows they know you're not. You're mad. You weren't patient, right? If you're patient, it doesn't even irritate you. Why? Because you know wherever you are, you're you're somebody. You're, you're somebody's in danger of being loved. Somebody's in danger of getting some peace on them. They're they're in danger of seeing some joy. Huh? No matter where you are, and if you're there a little longer than you thought you should be, they're in big danger. Huh? The next thing happens is salvation in their life. Huh? Boy, they get around you too long. That's like walking on the edge. You keep walking on the edge, you'll fall in eventually. Huh? Yeah, they're, they're in danger if they're around you. Glory to God. Patience isn't waiting. Patience is how you wait. Huh? <laughs> like if you're waiting at the light and yelling at the cars in front of you? That's not patience. That's forced patience, if anything, <laughs> right? Like when when the line, the people, I, I was in some place the other day, and there, man, there's a guy cussing the new mall, man, because he said I can't even get out of my driveway now, because I'm like, wow, I bet he wanted the new mall before, huh? I bet if he forgets his wife's anniversary present, he'll be glad the new mall's right there, right? We're, we get a, what if he had to get up a little earlier because there was more traffic at the light? but it was more convenient for somebody else. What if the new mall brought somebody closer to somebody else that knew Jesus and they didn't know Jesus and the only reason God wanted the new mall there huh, is because it got too close to Faith Life Church and all those Jesus freaks in Faith Life Church. Huh? They, they, just, they got way too close to all those people at Faith Life Church and the next thing you know, they're shouting too. He, God would do something just like that. Yes. And he wouldn't think twice about it. 
He'd build a whole mall right next to us just because it blessed us and we'll bless them. Amen? I don't know what this has anything to do with my message, but there it is right there. Where are we going back? 1 Timothy 4 and 7. Don't have anything to do it, but rather train yourselves. Well, the one way you train yourself is every day you get up with an expectation that you're not just that you're going to be somebody, but wherever you are, you'll be that somebody. Amen? You're not just a title. You know, a lot of people say, ah, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And the way they've done that is they've made that their title. That's not a title. That's who you are. That, that's no more than me saying I'm Dave. Right? Because I, I mean, and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. It's not a title. And it doesn't entitle me to anything except being righteous. Not having righteousness, not being more righteous than you, right? Just being righteous. That's what it entitles. It it gives me ability that I would not have otherwise. If I don't use that ability, does anyone else know I'm righteous? You could tell them all day long. You could walk by them and say, I'm righteous. I don't know if you know who I am or not, but I'm Dave. Righteous. (laughs) Got some right standing. If you want, I can give you the Hebrew, Greek. And I can, I can give you where you find it in the concordance. And probably my picture's by it. Because <laughs> I'm righteous, if you want to see righteous. How, how you train yourself in righteousness is you first train yourself to be godlike, and then you'll know how to walk in that righteousness. Amen? Because God is righteous. Amen? He's right in all of His ways, in everything He does. And and when we learn more about who He is and who He's made us to be, what you truly learn about is the love that gives you the ability to use what He's given you. Amen? Amen? You know know in, in 1 Corinthians 13 it says that you can give all your money away and it won't have any value, right? You, you can know all, the, you can have all knowledge, man. You can tell people everything you know. And it'll mean nothing. Because love is what gives that value. Amen? Amen? Amen. Because if you can't say it in love, your knowledge has no value. If you can't give it in love, your gift has no importance. Amen? That, that's what God's saying. He says, get godliness. Get love-likeness. Get a likeness to love. And you'll do things for the right reason. Your motives will change. Your motives everywhere you are will change. Amen? You won't just walk out the door. You'll walk out the door with purpose. Fully loaded. Huh? Fully loaded. You're loaded with everything you need for any person you come across that day. If they need a hug, you got a hug. They need a word, you got a word. They, they just need a smile, you got a smile. It, if they need help, you got help. You're fully loaded. That, that's, why God, that's why the devil doesn't like prosperous Christians. Because prosperous Christians don't just have money, they'll use it. Huh? Yeah, they'll use it. They got money, and they'll bless you with it, right? At any moment, they got stuff, and it could be yours as soon as God says give it. That's a prosperous Christian. They had to learn prosperity in their heart before they could get it out of their hand. Amen? Because that's where true prosperity starts. It's the abil- prosperity is the ability to give. And when you get the ability to give, then you have the stuff come in to go with your prosperity. Amen? The most prosperous person in the world is the best giver in the world. Hmm? Not the one with the most stuff. 
Because the one with the most stuff would prove to you that he's not really that much of a giver. Right? <laughs> not that he wouldn't have a lot of stuff. Don't get me wrong. You should have a lot of stuff. Did I lose somebody? But, but stuff should never have you. Amen? It's, it's a good thing to have it because you can bless somebody with it. You can change people's life. Boy, I'm not getting very far on this, am I? Go back to 1 Timothy. Godlessness, rather train yourself to be godly. Verse 8, for physical training. Huh? Physical training. I like this verse. I was on this last week. Physical training. Huh? You know, unfortunately, even someone that looks like me <laughs> probably physically trains more than they spiritually train. Huh? Yeah, you may walk. You may walk a mile every day. You can, I can. I can guarantee. You I walk more than a mile every day. I still look like this. <laughs> I, I may be walking to McDonald's. I don't know. You don't know where I'm walking, huh? How many know that physically speaking, it's going to take some extra training to get me to a different spot than I am right now? It might take some discipline, which is part of training. Which would mean you don't walk to the McDonald's, you walk to the sweet tomato. Huh? That would be fasting. <laughs> Physical training is of some value. In other words, yes, you want to physically train. You want to be around a long time to do those things which godly training has, has given you to do. Amen? That's why physically tra physical training is of some value because it will help keep you here to, to accomplish all the things that godly training has put in you to do. Amen? For physical training has some value, but godliness, in other words, training to be like God. Glory to God. How many want to train to be like God? That will help get you out of bed in the morning. Amen? If you know you're training, that's a, that is a lofty goal. Amen. You're training to be like God. People say, well, we can't be like God. There was only one perfect man in the world, and that was Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you better start training to be like him. <clears throat> because he left you and me his job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you know we are the hands and feet of Jesus? We're the church. We're his body. We're supposed to look like him. Amen. And, and act like Him. Physical training, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. How many know that what you do spiritually... You know, a lot of people think that that means when they get to heaven, man, yeah, there will be rewards, don't get me wrong, but better yet, there will be other people there because you train to be godly. Yeah, that, that's, what, yeah, that's what you want to shout about is there will be other people there. Not how many rewards you're going to get. Yeah, you're going to get rewards and it's going to be great. Better than you can. I, don't, I can't even imagine what a reward in heaven's like. Can you? I mean, you're like, I'm there. I'm in heaven. Wow. <laughs> what more would I ever want? Well, he's going to give you more. He says it in his word. Not only are you going to be there, there's going to be rewards. But what he's talking about right here is eternal things that happen right here and now. Anybody that you help lead to the Lord, that's an eternal thing. It, that, that, that came out of godly training, and it has eternal value in the eons to come. That will still be there. 
all the things you do physically, right? Like when you say, I don't eat Big Macs because I like to be physically fit. You know what? And when you're dead, you won't care. <laughs> huh? Because it has no eternal value whether you ate them or didn't eat them. Unless you didn't eat them for the right reason. Hmm? Everything's a motive. Everything's a motive. Dieting to look better, that's one motive. Dieting to stay around so that you can minister the gospel to others is the reason. Amen? Amen. Come on. Man, I'm starting not to like this message. <laughs> <laughs> Godly training. God, <laughs> godly training. How, how many know that when, when a person preaches, God's ministering to them just as much as he is to you? Huh? He's telling them things like, yeah, Dave, that's right. <laughs> uh-huh. Godly training is what we're looking for. Training in love. Training to be love-like. Training to react and act in love. Training to walk out the door not only fully loaded, but ready to use it. Amen? Look at uh, um, Luke 10. While you're going there, I'll read Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's workmanship. How many know when you got saved again, and when you got born again, you, you, are, you became God's workmanship, and you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works? You're created. You are a tool with purpose on the earth. Everywhere you go, you have purpose. Amen? Everywhere, everything we do, we have purpose. You're never just somewhere of your own volition. Did you hear that word, volition? Huh? Phew! <laughs> and I got C's. You can imagine if I'd have got B's. Huh? We're never just somewhere of our own thought, our own action. We're somewhere to be there for God. Amen? Everywhere you go, expect to minister. Expect to be ready to minister. You know, it says be ready always to give, give answer for the hope that lies within you. Sometimes that answer is helping somebody off the ground. Right? You know, a lot of people think that that means you've got to put a bunch of word in you. You know, most people that are down can't even hear what you know. Right? What, what, they, could, what, they, could, what they could use is your hand, not your mouth. If your lips could help them up, then they might need your lips. But they don't need your mouth. They need your hand. And then once they get up, they might, they might need something out of your mouth. But don't move too quick. You'll miss God. I've missed God a lot talking. Right? <laughs> when I shouldn't have been. Amen? Too many opinions. God's got one answer. Luke 10. Anybody like that? <laughs> I got, I mean, how about this? I got too many opinions. God's got one answer. You guys got no opinions. There's godly people. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start watching y'all to know how I need to be. <laughs> That's a godly truth right there, actually. People should be watching us to know how God is. If, if, if at any time someone looks at me and says, boy, I hope God's not like that, then I'm not doing it right. Amen? That, that's a bad place to be. When somebody looks at me, I want them to look at me and say, what's different about them? That's what they do with Jesus. People are amazed. They said that they were in awe at him. Why? No one else was like him. No, when you meet someone and no one else is like them that you know, then, then that's a person 
that's got more God in them than you can imagine. My mom was like that. She's, she's still one of my faith heroes to this day because there, there was no one else like her. I still to this day don't know another person like her. And I'm not saying you guys aren't godly. I don't know you like I know her. Amen? But every time I got around her, no matter what was going on, she had a godly answer. She had a godly solution. She, if she didn't know the answer, she just loved you. Amen? That's the way we want to be. I mean, I know other people like that, that, that have meant that in my life. And you guys all know someone like that for yourselves that have meant that in your life. Because there's somebody that you look at and, and their example is a godly example and, they, and you want to be like them. You know, there's a person in this passage that we want to be like. Amen? Luke 10. And it ain't this guy. <laughs> The first guy in Luke, before verse 27, he's tempting Jesus and, and asking Jesus, what's the commands? And Jesus said, how do you read it? Now, notice that Jesus didn't say, what do you believe? Because he knew they didn't believe anything. He said, how do you read it? That's, that's, you know, I don't want God to say to me, Dave, how do you read this? I want him to say, Dave, what do you, what do you see here? Right? I don't want, if he says, how do you read it? I'm going to say, ooh, I need to get in the Word. I need to do some training. Amen? <laughs> where's, where's my verse? Did I say Luke 10, 27? Yeah. And the man answered and said, To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Man, he had the right answer. How many know there's lots of Christians that have the right answer with the wrong heart? Hmm? An answer without heart means nothing. Remember when he said you can have all the knowledge in the world? You can, you can, you can have all the knowledge you want and no mysteries beyond anybody else's comprehension. But if you have not love, you're a clanging gong or a resounding cymbal. So when people hear you, they hear clang, 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 ding, 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 clang, 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 ding, ding, ding. That's all they hear when you talk if you don't have love. But when you have love, it gives voice. It it gives clarification to what you know. Amen? This man didn't know anything. And after he read it, verse 28, says, Jesus said, you've answered right. Do this and you will live. So in other words, he knew it, but he wasn't doing it, or Jesus wouldn't have said do it. Right? How many know when you're doing something, Jesus doesn't say do it? He's really smart. He knows whether you're doing it or not. So immediately after this guy read it, he said do it. Right? And the man, verse 29, didn't even hear him. He just wanted to justify himself. How many know when God tells you to do something, it's not tr- time to try and explain to him all you're doing? Right? It's not time to try to catch him in, in, in wrong. God's never going to be wrong. Right? Like when God says, why aren't you doing this? Oh, God, I am. Well, <laughs> you never need to say, there's never a time to talk back to God. Like if God says you're not doing it, say, oh, I thought I was. I'm not. Right? Don't ever say, oh, yeah, no, me? Oh, every day. Every day, God, me, me and you like this, two peas in a pod, two birds in a mule's tail. Me and you. If you say it, I do it, by golly. No, if God says you ain't doing it, say, I ain't doing it. I, I need to train myself better. 
and begin to do it. Amen? But instead, this guy wanted to justify himself, so he went to the only part of the verse he could maybe justify himself on because he had, in his mind, who his neighbor was. And he said, so who is my neighbor? And this is where Jesus sets himself apart for everybody else. Everybody, you know, some people would have said, well, he's the one nearest you. But Jesus said, well, let me tell you a story. That's what sets Jesus apart. Sometimes people need to hear a parable. Huh? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they need to hear a parable with, where you didn't do it right. How many, how many know your, your failures aren't God's fault, but he'll use them to help somebody else? Like, like, like there's things that I've failed in that I show my daughter that I failed in them so that she doesn't. Right? I remember my mom and dad, they used to say, don't get credit cards. And I knew they had failed in credit cards. They said, oh, don't get them, don't get them, don't get them. Boy, I wished I'd have listened to them. Huh? And I got them, used them, used them so much that I started using them to pay what I used them for. Right? I had to pay credit cards with credit cards. Anybody else ever had to do that? God can get you out of that. If you're in that right now, God can get you out of that. I don't like paying credit cards with credit cards. Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell fell into the hands of robbers that stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him dead. You know, I've heard people tell this that say, Well, he shouldn't have been on that road. Well, there was a lot of other people on that road. Why shouldn't he have been on that road? They say, they say, well, there was robbers on that road. He shouldn't have been on there. I don't know if he should have been on there. <laughs> That's why people weren't helping him because they said, well, he shouldn't be there. Yeah, you, know, you have people all the time that don't help people because they say they shouldn't have been there. What if you didn't get help when you were somewhere you shouldn't have been? Thank God he was merciful to you and me, huh? We wouldn't be right here right now. I'll guarantee you I wouldn't be standing in this spot if God wasn't merciful to me because I've went down a lot of Jericho roads if you're not supposed to be there. Amen. You know, most people don't even ask him where they're going that day. They just go. <laughs> don't get me wrong. And don't get spooky and get up every morning. God, am I supposed to go to work today? Yes, you are supposed to go to work today. <laughs> you're supposed to have a job. You're supposed to go to work. Amen. Huh? Amen. You're supposed to pay your bills. Amen. Right? You're not supposed to give away your bill money. Make it late. Well, I know the Lord told me to give away my money to pay my bills. No, he didn't. Ooh, messed with somebody there, didn't I? Mm-mm. You made an obligation to pay that bill. You can pay that bill. That's why he wants us to have overflow. Amen? I mean, he's not saying he made that bill, but he's saying you need to pay it now. Wow, I better shut up there. Got some real quiet and ugly faces there, man. Whew. <laughs> This is how I know that he probably wasn't on the wrong road because a priest came down the road right after him. Somebody else was using that road. Huh? How many know a priest who who serves in the temple every day? He ought to be fully equipped to handle anything on that road that's going to happen. He's got everything in him to do something more for this guy than what's being done. This guy's laying on this side of the road. Let's say he's laying on this side. Right? And you're, and you're the priest and you're walking down. You're fully equipped to help him. If you walked out fully equipped. Because God may tell you to, to, to put something in your car. And he may have said, you know, you take some extra stuff with you. This guy maybe walked down this road every day. 
But first thing you've got to do is see people. Right? Not problems. People. Too many people seeing problems instead of people. I don't want to get involved in that. Whew. You know, the minute you help them, they'll have their lawyers on you. They'll be suing you, taking all your money. You know what? If God told you to help them, they're not going to sue you and win. Amen? You got too many people that pass by him on the other side. Right? The, the priest, the one that should have been fully equipped. The, he, he probably went to his church. Right? They're on the same road, going the same place. I got to figure this is one of his, this is one of his, his shepherd, sheep. Right? But no, he, 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 he walks by like this. He doesn't even look over there. Why? Because if you look over, then you see the problem. And then when somebody says, somebody asks you if you saw anything on the way there, no, not really. Pretty easy trip today. Nothing really happening. It's it's way easier to not know about people's problems, right? Because then then you might have to actually help them. Right? Right? You know, or you could be somebody say, well, I got all these problems of my own. You know, I really can't help others. I got too many problems. That's when you need to help others. Right? Get your mind off yourself. Amen. How many know that love is never self-seeking? Hmm? It's never self-seeking, and it's never above anyone. You know, this priest is walking along, and he said, that's not my problem. That's not what I do. I'm headed to the temple. I know what I do. You know, my instructions are fully lined out in the Word of God. I'm to serve in the temple, and I do this and this and this, whatever priests do. And it's not having anything to do with somebody half dead on the side of the road. Boy, it gets quiet. How many know we have something to do and are equipped? Not only do we have something to do with them, we're equipped to do so. How many know this man was equipped to do so? Chose not to use one piece of his equipment. Amen? Huh. (laughs) Okay, you guys still with me? All right, next verse. So too, an usher. Ooh, a clean team member, a choir member, huh? A Levite. Levites are the helpers in the church, right? A greeter. A greeter. They passed by, they looked over, they looked. If you look in the King James, it says he looked at him. He said, ooh, better get something for that. (laughs) That's going to hurt in the morning. (laughs) And he passed on by on the other side. Huh? He was equipped. He's he's an usher, right? He's been sitting in the front row. It's Craig right here. He's walking down the Jericho Road right here. He's walking down, and he's fully equipped while he's been sitting there listening to the Word of God day in, day out. Just heard a message on training yourself to do good things. <laughs> he said, well, I'm glad I didn't train to do that. Phew. Lord, bring somebody who's trained to help my brother who's almost dead. <laughs> How many know... It's, we got people in the church that call the church to help people that are almost dead when they're standing right there with them. 
you know, I'm with somebody right here that really could use some help. Could you come help them? No, you're, that, you're already there. I am helping them right now. You're there. God puts you there. <laughs> you have people that call and say, give them something. Well, God puts you in front of them. We give them you and you give to them. Well, I don't really have anything for them. You're fully equipped. Trust me, if you're there, you're there for a reason. You're fully equipped. Huh? You're, you're, you're the usher. You're the teacher. You're the clean team member. I remember, I've told this story before, but you'll like it. <laughs> when I was, before the church started, I taught Bible studies. And I still have worked my full-time job. I taught Bible studies every night. I mean... You know, the minute I left church, I either had a youth group or a Bible study. Somewhere I was headed to, to minister to somebody. And one night I had worked late, and I had to be just, you know, 60 miles away in really short time. And so I jump in my truck, and I'm headed right out the driveway of the business, and I get about a half mile down the road, and this little bitty trashy car that should not be on the road probably didn't have license, let alone a motor is in front of me, and it starts sputtering. And then it pulls off about this far from the side of the road. doesn't even make it to the side of the road. And there's cars coming like mad the other way. And I'm, and I'm like, hey, get your drunky car out of the way. i got to go teach Bible study. <laughs> I said that in my truck. Yeah, the Levite right here. All right, you, that's what the Levi was saying. You're really messed. Get that blood off the road and put some clothes on. I'm sitting there in my truck saying, get out of the way. I got to go minister when ministry's sitting in front of me. And you know what I did? I got an opening. Boom, whipped out, pulled right on around her, said, yeah, I'll make Bible study now. And God said, what? <laughs> and stopped me cold and said, you turn around and go back and see what she needs. How would you feel if that was your wife in the road with the broken car? Yuck. Huh? At least I didn't tell a story I know. I, I'm only perfect now. I didn't get perfect like that. It, it took years and years of training <laughs> to get me to this state. <laughs> you know the statement, God's still working on me? And that's where my picture actually is. <laughs> Thank God he is, though. Amen? So I turned around. And by the time I got there, somebody had already helped her. Somebody had already taken care of whatever she needed. And I missed it. And all I had was a story to tell you guys not to ever do that again. Because that's where ministry was. I was the Levite. And I'm passing by. I'm too busy with church things to help unchurch-related things. You know, that priest, what if that guy didn't go to his church? Well, he doesn't believe like me. I couldn't pray for him anyway. What? Do you both believe in God? There's people that say stuff like that. There are people that choose their church 
by their belief rather than hearing from God. Ooh. <laughs> Let me go over here. <laughs> Did you know God may want you in another church where everybody doesn't believe everything you believe? Hmm? Maybe you have something for them and they got something for you. Yeah. You know where I was teaching Bible study at? The Baptist church. Glory to God. Thank God for the Baptist church. I got saved in the Baptist church. Thank God for the people I met. I've got connections to this day from that church that I wouldn't have. There's things that God leads us to do in life that we would never think we'd do. And I remember when he said, I want you to go to that church. I'm like, what? No. They'll be mad at me. They won't like it. I'll like them, but they won't like me. He said, go to that church. And I did for several years. And bless God, I'm glad I did. There's things that God has us do. We're not just a body on this earth. We are something. We are the glory of God. We are, the, we are his, we, we're his hands and feet. Everywhere we go, we're on a mission to do something or to get more to do something with. I not only left some stuff there, but I took some stuff with me, thank God. I remember when the Moors came up to me and they said, we're going to start a church in Florida, You're, you know, and you'll probably have to spend some time down there. Man, my mind said, well, no, no, you'll need me in Branson most of the time then. You know, I'll probably have to stay in Branson. I would never need to be in Florida all the time or very little time. <laughs> well, I've been here more than I have in the last five years and more than Branson. I visit there every now and then, but, you know, it's a season. Thank God. But thank God I didn't say, no, I won't do that, because not only was I able to, I got a whole other family now. Amen? And I met people I would not have met. I met Tom Jackson right here, the contractor that helped put all this together. Great friend of mine now. Would have never met him. Would have no, no connection to him whatsoever. But the Lord's joined us together. Thank God. Thank God. But you got to go where he says, and you got to go like you're equipped to be there. Amen? What if I have went and I said, okay, I'll, I'll go to the Florida church, but I'm just going to sit in the chair and sulk. <laughs> you have Christians that do that. They go, but you, they might as well not be there. Huh? How many know half-hearted is no-hearted? Huh? I remember my mom wanted me to mow the yard one time, and it was really it was in the middle of the summertime. And, and you guys have ever seen what happens to a yard that doesn't get watered? Now, down here, they water everything. I don't understand that. Maybe you guys don't know it'll grow if you water it. If you don't water it, no mowing. I'm just telling you. Huh? <laughs> but when you, don't, when you don't water them, you get a little sprig here and there and all over the place. And she said, and I hated mowing even then. I was 12 years old. I, I've hated it then. I hate it now. Sorry, I don't like to mow. I like to see everyone else mow and, and smile while they do it. It makes me happy. But she, she said, go out and mow the lawn. And I said, no, Mom, it, it's not that bad. I don't want to mow. And she said, do it. And, I, and then she goes like this, because if she gets to three, anybody, any other moms do that? If you get to three, it's bad. It's bad. So I didn't want her to get to three. And so at two, I went out and got the mower. And instead of mowing the lawn, I went and I hit all the sprigs. <laughs> and I was going through. And... And I went and pushed the mower back in the garage, and my mom said, what in the world did you do? It looked worse now than it did with the little sprigs in it. 
And guess what I got to do? Go mow the whole thing right. <laughs> half-hearted is no-hearted. Amen. And a half-hearted Christian doesn't go out equipped to do the things that God has him to do. He'll never make a difference at his place of business if all he thinks about is all the heathens that work there instead of thinking about how they could not be heathens if he'd just minister. Yeah, you got, I got, we get letters. They say, oh, we, we, we were going to get that job, but it was just full of heathens. Like, yeah, you were at a job and being a heathen one time too. You know, there's more people get saved from people talking to them on a job than in church. At the very least, they talk to them and get them to church. How many know you ain't going to get somebody to church staying away from them? That's... How many know the Levite and the priests weren't going to get this man to any help? Because they were too busy. Their life was too full. There was too many churchy things going on. I can't help him. They're cleaning at the church right now. i got to get there and clean. You know what? The house of God is first, but the things of God are first. And what he puts in front of you is the first thing he wants you to do. Amen? That's what that, our focus is people. Right? It's, it's not legalistic. Well, at, at 9 o'clock, we clean, and it doesn't really matter what else is happening. i got to clean. Guess what? You get a phone call and somebody needs to be encouraged, encourage, then clean. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Amen. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> oh, yeah. But a Samaritan. That's how you have to say it. A Samaritan. One of those heathens. But, a, but an ungodly person. You know the only difference between a Samaritan and a Jew is they just didn't believe in the same place they worshipped? That's what that, that, that was their big fight. We want to worship in the Mount and we worship in Jerusalem. Oh, I just can't be around you. If that's all. Worship in the Mount. Oh, my gosh. That was the big difference. But you know what? This Samaritan walked out of his house fully equipped in the love of God. Because you know what? The love of God doesn't see denomination, race. It doesn't see what you did last week. It doesn't see fault. And it doesn't find reasons and excuses not to help you. Yeah, It's not better than you. Right? He walked out his door fully equipped. How do I know he was fully equipped? When he came to this guy, the first thing he did... Look, look at the King James for just a second because it's a way better word than pity. Compassion. He came to this man and when he saw him, he had love for him. He had love for him. This man that didn't worship like him. This man that for sure didn't go to his church. This man who probably had talked bad about him the day before. Amen? And he had compassion on him. Love. Why, why, how can you do that? You don't know what they said about me, brother. I can't just go and love these people. Yes, you can. You have a greater one in you. We have the love of God in us. Every quality that you see in 1 Corinthians 13 of love, you have within you. And you have the power and ability to use it. How many know kindness in a kind situation doesn't stand out at all? But kindness... To an unkind person, not only does it stand out, it makes a difference. Amen? He had compassion on him. Verse 34, 
and he bandaged his wounds. He had bandages. Whoa. He was on a mission. When he walked out the door that morning, he, he fully equipped himself to help others. Do you think he said, you know, I might fall down and scratch my knee today. I better take a Band-Aid. And if he did say that, wouldn't he have said, well, that's my Band-Aid. I can't use it up on him. I may fall down three miles from here, and then I will have used my Band-Aid on this guy who's not even a Samaritan. And I'll be Band-Aid-less. <laughs> right? And, I, and, and then he, t- he took and he, 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 had, he had bandages for his wounds. He had oil and wine which was like peroxide and alcohol, I guess, in that day. Huh? And he had it on his donkey. And other people, they're saying, you know, I don't want to load my donkey down. I just got to have enough for me. You know, you know that, this is why God wants Christians to prosper, because he wants them to know they need more than enough for them, because everything that overflows out of them will overflow to others. Amen? He had more than enough for him, and it overflowed onto this man who was dead, half dead on the side of the... And, and he took him, and not only did he, did he bandage him, put oil and wine, fix him up, he put him on his donkey. This man that was talking about him bad yesterday. Hmm? Wouldn't even... You know, I, you know, I've heard story that the reason they went on certain roads to certain places was to stay away from Samaritans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they took different paths just so I won't I don't want to even come in contact with those people. That's why that's why the disciples were so appalled when Jesus was at the with the woman at the well. Yeah. Lord, oh my goodness, what are you doing there? Yeah. But he put this man on his own donkey. Took care of and took him to an inn and took care of him. That, that, that implies that not only did he take him, he stayed there with him a little while and took care of him. He's, this is a pretty big imposition, isn't it? You'd think you'd have to call someone's family for an imposition of this size. Right? This is way too big. Right? Most people would say, you know what? I got him here. If he doesn't make it, I'm sorry I did my part. Did you? Is that all your part was? Or were you fully equipped for the work of God? Because that's half equipped. That got him only to another place. If that's all God told you to do, that's great. You don't have to be the one that leads them in the sinner's prayer. But you do need to get them to where they can be led in the sinner's prayer. And if that's all God told you to do, that's great. But if God says, take it to the end, you take it to the end. Amen? And he took him to the inn and took care of him. And, 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 the, and the next day, he, that means he spent the night with him, took him to the inn, spent the whole night with him. Said, probably had a fever, had to, had to keep a washcloth on his head, had to take care of him, had to probably take those bandages off and rebandage him. Why? He's bleeding. You've got to do that, right? Yeah. Right? They got any nurses or doctors in here? You've got to change the bandages, right? You, gotta, you know, huh? Yeah. You've got to do that stuff. Right. Like my dog broke her leg. Yeah, she's, got a, she's in a splint right now. It's really weird looking. <laughs> but every so often they have to go and re-splint it. You know, we're going to have to take care of our dog. A righteous man cares for his beast, right? Yeah. My wife, <laughs> I'm like, let her in the yard. She'll just be fine. My wife's, no, you can't do that. <laughs> we, we, we take care of her. <laughs> you got to change the bandages. Let's not, I'm getting off task here. You've got to change the bandages. You've got to keep the washcloth on his head. You, you, you're, you're there 
with a purpose. You have everything in you to help this person. What's the most biggest thing he's doing for this person right now? He's loving him. He's loving him with his substance. He's loving him with his time. He's loving him with everything he has in him to help him. He's using all the gifts of God that are in him to help this person. Amen? Amen? Amen. That's what we're equipped to do. When you're walking down the mall, you are a gift of God waiting to happen to somebody. Your gifts are in you at all times, and there are things to do in every place. And, and when you leave there, you need to leave there with a, with a knowing in your heart that you did everything in that place that God wanted you to do, that he put you there for. Amen? Mission-minded. We've got to be that way. This man woke up that day mission-minded. He, didn't, he wasn't just walking out the door. He was help. Amen? And, the, and so and the next day, he's leaving, but he says, you know what? I can't just leave him like this. He's going to have to stay a few extra days. So, you know, I'm going to go talk to the church and see if they'll pay for him to stay here. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the church and see if they'll give him some food. I'm, I'm going to go talk to the church and see what they can do. He didn't do that. You know, we got a lot of people that they send people to the church instead of just helping. I've been here 13 years. I'm going on 14 now. I was at the very first service, and I take the phone calls. <laughs> so guess what I know? I know what people do. And they say, this person needs help. We don't want to tell anybody, but we want to tell you. <laughs> you know, that, that we, we, we just need you to know that they need help. That's all. We need the church to know. Because the church should help them. Yes, the church should. The church isn't a building or a pastor. It's you. Right? Amen? You know what? I'd have to get into my savings account. You know, and it's Christmas. My kid may not get the Kung Fu Grip G.I. Joe (laughs) if I spend money on this person that needs a little help. If you spend money on that person needs a little help, your kid will have two Kung Fu Grip G.I. Joes. They probably don't make Kung Fu Grip G.I. Joes anymore, do they? And they were the greatest thing ever, and they had a zip line that went down into a cave. Man, it was good. It was good stuff. And you got your evil Knievel guy, and you wound him up. Anybody have the evil Knievel, and you push the button, he took off, and man, it was good. Oh, man, I'm, I'm back in Christmas right here. <laughs> You'll have more than enough because you have more than enough in you and you've got a more than enough God to take care. This guy, didn't, this guy wasn't worried about how short he would be. He said, here, here's, here's, here's two coins. And he said, look after him. Basically, he paid him to look after him, not just to stay there. He paid him to look after him. And then he said, and when I return, if it's caused you any extra expense, man, this is going all out, isn't it? This, this is, is this too much love? Is this more than we can handle? Hmm? I don't think so. And again, I'm going to reiterate, if you're a person sitting there saying, yeah, they need to help me, you're hearing wrong. Twist your ears the other way. What you should be saying is, yeah, I want to help more. Yeah, I want to help more. Because people who want to help more are given ability to help more. Amen? 
when, when, when it says in 2 Corinthians that, that you, as every man purposes in his heart, so let him give. And, and, and he's not just talking about money. Whatever you give, give out of the purpose of your heart. Amen? And, out of, and then it says right after that, and, the, and God is able to make all grace abound, that you'll have all sufficiency in all things at all times what, for every good work. Not just the ones that need money, the ones that need heart, the ones that need a hand. You'll have all you need at all times. Glory to God. Amen? And this man had it. And Jesus said, be like him. Which one was his neighbor? Just when that Jesus, after he told the story, he looked back at the guy and said, which one you suppose was his neighbor? And the guy said, the one that had mercy on him. The one that loved him. Amen? It was, you know, a lot of people say he's doing something wrong. That's why he needed mercy. No, you need mercy when you're in a bad spot and you just need help. Mercy is love. And, it, and what that guy said is the one that loved him. That's your, that's your neighbor. That's your neighbor. That's who you're going to be a neighbor to. Who are you going to be nearby later? You may not be sitting next to a Christian later. You'll still be their neighbor because that's who you'll be near. Amen? Look at a couple more verses and we'll stop. I hadn't even got off the front page really, so I did pretty good. Galatians 6, verse 9. This is one of the biggest reasons that people don't don't uh, don't use their full equipment. It says, and let us not grow weary in well-doing. Too many people let the devil talk them out of well-doing. They say, well, they'd, they'd be like the priest. Well, you know, he, he got himself into this mess. He can get it out. He made his bed. Let him lie in it. You know, I, I don't really have the money to help them. I can't do this with that. There's a thousand excuses. And what that is is weary in well-doing because you're built to do well. You're built to do good things. You have the love of God in you, and all it does is good. Remember what Jesus did. He went about doing good. And he was love-like. He was God-like. He was godly all the time, and he went about doing good. And he said, don't, let, he said, don't, don't, let, don't become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you'll reap. And then he says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. You know, he does say after that, especially those who, yeah, you definitely need to look among your family. Family should take care of family. Right? Right? He's, he's, he's writing this to individual members of a church. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying the church doesn't help people, but the biggest way the church helps people is we help one another individually. Amen? Right? And, and, and the church doesn't just do things. It does things at, at God's leading. And we do things at God's leading. Right? Doing good requires a word from God first. Right? Well, we don't do random acts of kindness. We are full of kindness. The world does random acts of kindness. You've heard to do a random act of kindness today. Well, don't do a random act. Just be kind. Then it won't be random at all. It'll just be what you do. They'll say, he's kind, instead of saying, he acted kind. I don't want to act kind. I don't want to act like I love somebody. I don't want to act like I have peace. I don't want to act like I have joy. I want to be joyful. I want to be, be peaceful. I want to be what God's made me to be. Amen? And, and if we do that, we won't grow weary in well-doing, and we'll look for opportunities. Opportunities are coming up every day. 
how many opportunities will we miss? Or how many opportunities will we walk over here while they're laying over there? Because the further you can walk on the other side of the road, the further it is away from you. Right? So if you don't hear it, you won't know about it. And then whenever they ask you if you helped, you can say, well, I didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know. You purposed not to hear. Right? You made sure you didn't know. We don't do that, not us. People somewhere out there do that. As we have opportunity, watch for opportunities. You're fully loaded. You're fully equipped. You're ready to go. You're, you walked out your door that way. And if you're not fully equipped, here's the cure for, for weary and well-doing. Look at Jude 20. Jude, the 20th verse. <laughs> there isn't a Jude 20. Look, I even knew that, huh? I told him in Branson that I'd start calling me Professor Dave. <laughs> That's right. Let's look at this in the King James. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. One way you're going to be fully equipped is make sure you're prayed up before you walk out the door. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're not just praying just to, just to be hearing your own voice. You're praying to get direction from God for your day. Amen? You know, one of the hardest things to do is for us to get, for, okay, for me to get quiet. I remember when I first started working for the Moors, Brother Moore told me, he said, you got to take time and you, and you got to sit down and you got to get quiet. You got to get quiet and you got to hear from God. And he said, I'm not talking about five minutes, I'm talking about hours. I'm like, what? <laughs> hours? <laughs> and so I went, I, one day I went, I'm okay, I got to get quiet. So I go to my room and I'm sitting there getting quiet. I'm like, what's wrong with that curtain? <laughs> You know, I could probably be quiet with a screwdriver and I could fix it. Oh, no, no, i got to get quiet. And I get quiet and I'm like, where's the cat at anyway? I haven't seen him today. Anybody like that? Man, you're trying to get quiet. Your mind is going a thousand different directions. You know what you can do? You can pray in the Holy Ghost. And you can pray and your mind can try and take you all kinds of directions and you won't let it. Glory to God. And you know why you want to pray in the Holy Ghost? You know what all this does? Look at verse 21. Keeping yourself in the love of God. You cannot be equipped if you're not within His love. You cannot do it right unless you're within His love. You pray in the Holy Ghost, build yourself up on your most holy faith to keep yourself in the love of God. In the love of God is all the right answers at all the right times. It'll put you in all the right places, doing all the right things every time you go. Amen? Do you wonder why the devil spent so much time trying to get people... To, oh, that tongue. That's the devil. That praying in tongues, that's the devil. No, it's not. It's building yourself up in the most holy faith. And it keeps you in the love of God so that at all times you're valuable in every situation doing all the right things for all the right people. And you're a help every time. Glory to God. You want the cure for weariness? Spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. Spend time with God. You won't grow weary. You'll get stronger. And as you get stronger, you'll walk out the door every day ready and prepared to pick the guy up. You won't pass by him. You won't say, be warm and filled. Right? Be warm and filled, brother. Let me give you the thumbs up because that's going to make you feel better. No, we'll have what makes him feel better. We'll have the love of God. 
and we'll walk in it. No better time to do it. You, you, you know, everybody would say, well, this is the time for Christmas and New Year's uh, messages. This is a New Year's message. This is called training. Yeah. You know, you've got a 1,000 people that are going to buy exercise equipment all over the world in the next two, three weeks, and they're going to hang clothes on it just like I do. <laughs> huh? But now we could be these people that find the Word of God. We find the Word of God and the will of God, and we say, I'm going to train myself this year. I'm getting up every morning a little bit earlier, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to seek the Lord on my, on my ministry, on what I'm called to do that day. And wherever I am, no matter how bad a job I got, how big a deal I got over here, I'm going to be the hands and feet of God. Amen? Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's helping us, isn't he? That was our New Year's message. We're going to train. Physically, right? Wait a second. Physically. Hey, I know how to lift weights. I just don't do it. How many Christians are saying, hey, I know how to pray. I just don't do it. I didn't have time today. (laughs) We're going to make time for everything God says for us to do. Be it physically training, be it spiritually training. We're going to make time this year. This church needs to grow, but it needs to grow in people that God's bringing in here. Not not just people we think we want here. That's what the priest says. He says, ah, they don't go to my church. I don't like them. No, we want every person that's supposed to be here to be here. And where you're going to find them is on the road, beaten and battered. That's where you find them. You're not, you're not going to find them in church. <laughs> you know what beaten and battered people are in church most of the time? Let me rephrase that. You know what I was like in church when I was beaten and battered? Somebody who didn't listen. And that's not true of everybody, but the reason I was beaten and battered is because God sent person after person to me to tell me what I needed to be doing and give me good direction, and I chose to know more than them. You can't be trained if you know more than your trainer. Amen. <laughs> Don't get quiet on me. We're going to get physically fit. We're going to get spiritually, spiritually, we're going to be giants. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You got a song, Dave?